You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sid Talk. Yes. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Yes. Welcome to yes. the podcast. Are you just going to say yes? I don't know about that. <laughs> Are you an AI? I'm pulling, <laughs> I'm pulling a modern technology joke on you. Oh, yeah. Was it funny? No. <laughs> it's modern. You're old-fashioned, so that's why you don't get it. It was fair to middling. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. What was the before? What were we talking about? The that this movie that you got didn't have extras on the disc and that you had to go seek them out. That's true. From your nemesis. iTunes. The Apple people. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what's going on with that. What's I know what's going you know what's going on. It's friggin' money. Don't be naive. Yeah. Somebody said, Oh, if we exclusively get Sam Raimi's associated with Sam Raimi, uh something or other, people will have to Get the iTunes, and guess what? You got the iTunes. I'm just going to, uh, I'll mention this up front. This movie, Crawl, that we're going to look at this week, even though it says Blu-ray, DVD, and digital copy on the front like they all do, and you just assume that that digital copy is valid everywhere, this one is different. It's iTunes only. So if you're not an Apple person, you probably don't even have iTunes. And it also makes it very difficult to watch Unless you've got an Apple device attached to your TV. Like Roku doesn't have Apple on it. So it's not a good not a good deal to stick it. Everything should work on everything nowadays, right? Is that Oh, that's bold. Well That's a bold you request. You know what I'm saying? It should yeah. be the platform shouldn't matter anymore. Like you I know what you're saying, but that's bold. You buy a movie, it should just work on whatever you've got. Like <laughs> don't agree. You know. Don't make it any more don't make it more complicated, movie studios, is what I'm saying. Anyway, it is Saturday, October the 19th, after the show, 604. What is this month, Sid Talk? October. Is Hort- it Shocktober or it's is it Hortober? Hortober. Hortober. <laughs> it's a, and some people, that's a whole other thing. But we're talking <laughs> H-O. H-O-ho. H-O. The ho. The ho. <laughs> I got 99. Oh, no. <laughs> Hose. As in Horror. But Ho-tober. And oh. I know, I know. Yeah, it don't it's make any genius. sense. It's borderline genius because it really challenges you. But yeah, it's October, it's almost Halloween. And so this year, you took it upon yourself to actually make October horror full of... I don't consider this movie horror, but I get what you're going for. Yes. They even called it... Sam Raimi called it a horror movie. I know what he extras. calls it, but Sam Raimi's very sensitive. And so I question his judgment sometimes. All right, so the movie we're looking at is Crawl. I will call it a creature feature. Okay, that's fair. It's a 2019 movie. Uh, releases on Blu- already out on Blu-ray. You can go and get it now. It's rated R from our friends at Paramount, who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, you give the synopsis of Crawl, your version, and then I'll give you the real version. Father and daughter trapped in the crawl space of a house with some alligators. You nearly said crocodiles. During a hurricane. <laughs> All right. I should say a st- Yes, that's it. All right, and I—it's will... about a father-daughter relationship, and then there's alligators. I'll—I'll I'll give you what <laughs> and hurricane. The back of the box thinks it's about. It won't be as interesting as my take. As a Category Five hurricane bears through Florida, bears. Mm-hmm. Haley rushes to find her father, who is injured and trapped in a crawl space of a home. With the storm intensifying and water levels rising. The pair face an evil bigger threat lurking below the surface. Producer Sam Raimi, in brackets, Evil Dead, and director Alexandre Aja, in brackets, The Hills of Eyes remake. Everybody's got brackets. <laughs> yeah. Deliver an action-packed thrill ride with a nasty bite. Aight. So there you go. I think you've got what it's all about now. Yeah. Right? 
All right, so let me say, starting uh, with, uh, I like these kind of movies quite a lot. I like this a hell of a lot more than Annabelle Comes Home last week, that we watched last week. Because, uh, let me explain, this crawl, it's a, yeah, is if you've seen the movie, I, I, I said this to you earlier, the movie The Shallows, where it's like a person, and then there's a, in that case, a shark, and it's edge of the seat tension the entire time like oh shit is it coming is it coming uh and you know this is the same thing and yeah. it it doesn't it sets it up within three to four minutes and then the action kicks in it's really quick this movie it's it not- is and i really really appreciated that i liked the like whoa holy crap we're 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 set to go it's like three two one go yeah well <laughs> Like, some movies take a long time. Oh, well, perfect example. Annabelle comes home. Nothing really happens until about an hour into the movie in terms of the spookiness and all that. It sets it up for a long time. Mm. Whereas this, it's straight into it. It knows what it is. It's a alligator movie. <laughs> yeah. People are trapped. There's an alligator. It's, I mean, it is and it isn't. Yeah. And it's not, you know, this movie's not, it doesn't, like further this genre or anything it's just another one of these movies but there's something about it it's particularly well made i believe that they were in a storm the entire time even though it's like the i said to you they're in a big like water tank and people are blowing water and wind on them but while you're watching it you can, I'm, i was convinced they were in the middle of a hurricane it was realistic looking there's a lot of cg in this movie that you don't notice I only noticed it when I watched the extras and I was like, oh, the whole background and the sky and everything, all of that is CG, but you don't pay attention while it's happening. It's really crazy how good it is. The alligators themselves are all CG and there wasn't one second where I was like, oh, that looks a bit dodgy. No, it's good. Like, I think with CG now, we've mastered animals, right? Like when we watched um, The Jungle Book. All those animated animals look fantastic. I think we've mastered animals, but we haven't mastered people yet, right? Um, no, not quite. And some animals, you know, still questionable. But these all, I a, was convinced the whole time. Yeah, I knew they weren't actual beasts coming after them. Yeah. But because they did such a good job, it all blended really nice. And my brain was convinced. My eyes were convinced. So my brain was convinced. Yeah, it's not like they used... Um, like some real alligators to get shots, they use, actually just use CG the entire time. So anything you see, and there's no, you know, there's no alligator wrangler on the set with some drugged up alligators. Correct. <laughs> None of that. So for that, I bought it. There was a lot of unexpected moments, I think, in this movie too. Like, as in, oh, I don't didn't expect that to happen. Like, you know, there was, there's some bloodthirsty stuff in this movie. Did you? Think? Oh, yeah. There's some really good kills, actually. Should we say some spoilers? Spoilers. We say some spoilers because I think one is pretty much defines the whole idea of spoiler. Yeah. I well, mean, we're talking about alligators. I keep wanting to say crocodile. Alligators and a hurricane in a Sam Raimi represented movie. I know it's not him. I keep saying him, but he's involved. Yeah, he was on the set, even if you watch that. And it was his idea, if I'm not mistaken, from the extras he was talking about. Yeah, he'd had the idea of it and pitched it to this guy. Exactly. So it's him. It's in his brain. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, So the actual... I nearly said crocodiles myself. (laughs) The actual... um, is Is that underselling an alligator, calling it a crocodile? Is a crocodile lesser? Oh. You know what I mean? You mean, is there a world of like, like... don't call Scream. me a crocodile. <laughs> Probably. If they're anything like people, yeah. And go back to smoking its cigar with its <laughs> <laughs> and drinking its wine. Is um, that like uh, Microsoft versus Apple or PlayStation versus yeah. Xbox? Crocodile versus alligator. Or it's like rivalries between colleges. <laughs> True. I feel like the alligator, when I think of crocodile and alligator, even though I, I, we know the difference because we just had um, a... We had artificial intelligence tell us. But um, when I think of them both, I think alligator is the most vicious of them. 
Mm. Now, I was just looking up alligator attacks in Florida, uh, and there are not tons. What it said, what I was just reading was, American alligators are the most vicious ones in the world. I'm not sure why. But it said there are, in the last, like, 20 years, there's not a lot of alligator attacks, but there have been several that have been publicized on the news where Mm. the alligator takes somebody's baby and just swallows it. In America? Yeah. I don't know about that. Just comes up on the shore, takes the... I don't know about that. That's what it said. It said they were... And it cited some references of ABC News. Yeah, but still. But uh, it said that they're less... When there's a hurricane... Um, they get knocked out of their natural habitat, like because all of a sudden they're in the middle of your street, and they're even they're confused. And it said that that's when they like that actually is when they're likely to attack people more because they're hungry and they don't know what's going on. Like we don't know what's going on. Our house is in the water, and true, they're all they're all of a sudden they're like, whoa, there's a lot more water. What's going on? So, um, this is not based on a true story. <laughs> no. But the hurricane, you know, those hurricanes happen quite often, right, down there? Florida, not often, but yeah, that's no- notorious. So if you're from Florida and you watch this movie, there's the... I'm sure you're already terrified of hurricanes because they're a reality to you. And then there's the added layer of a creature feature stuck on top of it. So did you like the special effects? Would you? Yeah. I think... I just will say right up front, I enjoyed the whole thing. And yeah. I'm, you know... It was relatively short, which I normally don't like. It's very, very, very straightforward. You're going to meet up with a father and daughter who have a difficult relationship. She has a skill that's going to come in handy later on. He's a hard nut, stubborn guy. And she's going to have to save him. And they will then fix their relationship. It's really straightforward. There's nothing else about it. And then it's person versus nature. It's very economical, the plot. <laughs> yeah, but that's, like, a, that's a nice way of saying it, yes. Yeah, it's like, here's how we get this scenario to be a thing. Here's the, here's the yep. daughter, she's coming to find the dad. Here's the scenario. And now it's a fight for survival, and they might survive, they might not. It's that. Correct. Which is a lot of movies, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of these type of movies. I, I was thinking about this when we were watching it. We reviewed another alligator movie do you remember it was a long time ago but Um, we we actually reviewed it on after the show i'm not sure it's called lake placid oh yes wasn't very good i remember that it was nowhere near like this the quality of this movie this movie is like even though i was looking at the budget of this movie it's like 14 million dollars which is on the low side for like a you know studio horror movie i feel like every penny they spent is all up there, like, because it looks bigger than it is. And I think the director said that he wanted it to be a small, confined movie, but you, when you watch it, you feel like it's an epic thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't break out. Of, I mean, it's mostly contained inside this crawl space, which you might think, oh, that's boring. There's not much to look at. But because they go for it straight away and the alligators are a thing immediately, not just one, more than one. Very immediately, which I loved. Yeah, and they're convincing, and you're like, oh, what would I do in that situation? And, I mean, don't get me wrong, it gets silly at points, right? I mean, Absolutely. I mean, she gets death-rolled by an alligator <laughs> with her arm in its mouth, but actually doesn't lose her arm. Like, you know, there's things like that where you're like, Ooh. I mean, that, that I'm not saying that's not plausible. Well. You know? We don't know. It bit down pretty hard. We haven't was, done any research on this subject. Yeah, there's lots of, um, there's a... There's other people turn up to help occasionally, or maybe not. <laughs> but anybody who's you've seen this type of movie before, anybody else who turns up's not probably not going to last long, right? Exactly. And the three people across the road in the gas station, it was clear they were only going to be there for what five ten, minutes, yeah, or less, right? Yeah. So what what that adds to the movie though is because you want to see people get eaten by the alligators right that's why you're here to watch this kind of movie those people show up and there's some fodder for the alligators but those deaths that happened i thought were really inventive especially the one with the police guy yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it was like gruesome really like they they don't shy away from it it's pretty gruesome um 
there's something about when somebody gets decapitated or that hand, arm comes off or whatever underwater, like in Jaws, it's I don't know if this is just me, but it's lessened by the water because the blood is just like a swirly cloud. Rather well, for than me, a- it's worse because all I'm thinking is infection. Right. There infection. Is instant infection. You're in a swampy, flooded town and you have a severed arm, a chopped in leg, a broken leg with your bone poking out. And now you're in the nasty, disgusting water and you're going to be infected. Even if this gator doesn't get you. You're going to die from an infection. <laughs> you did mention that during the movie, how kind of gross it is. Yeah, it's very gross. Because this house is slowly, the water's slowly rising. So in it, they're in the crawl space, but after a while, the crawl space is completely filled with water. Then they would be on the first, you know, the the ground floor of the house, and then eventually up on in the attic and on top of the house. So that actually acts, I thought, as a good, like, you know, splitting the movie into parts. Yeah. Like the first, second, and third act. Like it starts, they're in the crawly bit. Then they're in a bit more open part, place where you're like, oh, maybe they're a bit safer on this level. And then eventually on the roof. And they're not. And you're not, you're not actually safe on any level if the water's rising and there's alligators. So, but I don't know. Like when they get out of the crawl space, I was kind of like, oh, this is better, right? That's the idea. Yeah, I was tense. (laughs) I mean, I never liked crawl spaces, except when I was a kid, for some reason, we had a crawl space in one house that we lived in, and it was like you went in the basement, and then you went over to the bathroom, which was unfinished. There was like cement walls, and there was like a shower in the corner. It almost looked like the room in Saw, you know? There was no Mm -hmm. tub. There was like a shower, a toilet, a sink, and like the furnace, and all cement, and there was no blood or anything, but still, kind of grubby looking. It was just a basement in a you know, ranch-style house in suburbia. But over in one corner, right where the shower was, was like a wooden, really flimsy door up near the ceiling, like about two and a half by two and a half feet, way up there. So I had to get something to stand on to reach it. And when you opened it, it was real flimsy, had like a cheap cabinet door handle. And there was the crawl space that went under the rest of the house. Like the basement was only under one part of it. She even And I was like, I would always be like, oh, what's up in here? You know, then as I got older, it just creeped me out so bad. So I never liked going in there. But this, that's as soon as she went down there, I was like, ah. When she said, as she was going down there, what did she say? Cable men go down here all the time. Yeah, It'll that's be fine. the thing that I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to be fine. And then you're, you as a viewer is like, nah, it's not going to be fine. It's Don't not fine. Down. You won't be fine. It's also a dog in this movie. You don't. Do you like the dog edition of the dog? They've Neutral. got a pet dog. It, it could be no dog. I'm not a dog person, so all this obsession with throwing fucking pets at your YouTube videos and in your movies, it reminds me of the movie Scrooged when the um, sort of like super greedy head of the network, Scrooged is a Bill Murray movie from many years ago, uh, based on what you can imagine. The Scrooge story and his boss, who's like this weirdo executive guy who owns the whole network, says more pets are watching TV. Now, how about we put in, you know, a little mouse in a show or a dangling string to get the cats interested? And that's what I feel like they're doing these days. Is like, put a little dog in there, put a little pet in there. And all the people go, oh, he's so cute. Oh, my God. It makes me want to, like, not harm the dog. But remove the dog gently into another location. <laughs> I just can't stand it. It drives me insane. But for this dog, he was well-behaved and he wasn't a huge part of the whole no, it, plot. I guess it adds another layer of, you know, people who love animals and have pet dogs. It adds that other layer of, oh, what if, what if it, my dog got snatched up by an alligator? Right, and I'm it's, not those people, so I don't give a shit. No. I'm going well, to be harsh. I'm going to say, I don't care. Don't give me pets to care about. I don't care. How did you feel? Was you, um, I felt this movie, it's not scary, but it is tense. Definitely. Whereas Annabelle Comes Home wasn't scary or tense, I didn't think. Agree. Um, even the jump scares in that Annabelle Comes Home, which it, it did have some, they were kind of expected. But in this one, there are some... I, I don't know if I call them jump scares, but there are times when the alligator just appears out of nowhere, right? 
And you're like, I don't, I didn't expect that. Yeah, and I love they did it r- well. To me, they did it well. I mean, especially it when you're focused on this guy over here and way over in the background, you're like, oh crap. Yeah, <laughs> there's something happening over there. I like that. I mean, it doesn't make you jump, but it definitely keeps you on the edge. Yeah, I was always like, yeah, and they do go quite far. Like, I mean, arms in the crocodile gets crocodile alligator. <laughs> the alligator gets arms. You know, it gets legs. It snaps at appendages and stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's not, it doesn't shy away from that. It's not like, oh, it nearly snapped at somebody. No, people get snapped. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, which I've seen other movies where they don't, they just kind of imply somebody goes under the water and that's it. They're gone. But this one, you kind of see them get attacked big time. So um, I think we both liked it a lot. Is it your favorite out of Hortober? Of all the ones so far? We've only seen three. Oh, but I have, be I've been watching others, remember? Yeah. So you're just talking about, oh, uh, you have to remind me what the other ones are. Hold on. Hold on. I have a spreadsheet. <laughs> Midsommar, Annabelle Comes Home, No, and Crawl. I'm going to say, for experience, Midsommar. Yeah, totally. But for quality and me thoroughly enjoying it, like just for brainless... But looking cool and interesting and caring about the people, even ever so slightly, which is hard for me. I have no compassion for these people in these movies. (laughs) But to find some for these people, and I liked her, then I would say, yeah. For for experience, though, Midsommar is just so different as a film. Yeah. It's very satisfying. It's not a great overall story. I really liked it, but yeah. Midsommar is so far away from this movie. It's... <laughs> yeah, but you're the one who wanted to compare them. Yeah, so we're comparing them this one them. as as an action creature feature with some gore and some cool special effects that were unexpected. There was parts where I was like, "Wow!" Like, look at that sky. You know, there was you know when oh, she, yeah when she was driving up at the beginning and that guy was kind of saying, "Don't go over there." And the sky was behind them. I was like, whoa, that's, is that a CGI sky or did they get a real? It felt like a movie that the people making it took care, took the care and the time to really, like all the details. The house was like super detailed when you really look at different houses, actually, a condo and then a house. And then the way they kind of get destroyed in the flood, like someone did research to, at least to me, what it's like inside a house that's flooded and the rushing water and the dam and all of it together just felt really, really like someone took a lot of time and effort and they were really proud of it. And yes, we can, you can watch a movie and be like, Hmm, this is a product. (laughs) This has been slapped together by people who don't stay all night. Don't stay up all night on the computer working on the CG. Don't do this. It's just like, yeah, from eight to five. Can you name and shame a movie that is in that category? Um, I don't know. It's just like it's a group of movies, you know? I feel like, okay, I'm going to name one. Godzilla. Yeah, King of the Monsters. Not just because it wasn't great, but it felt really like product, which I despise. I think it's really vomity. These days, everybody's like, here's the product, here's the product. And it was just flimsy and not full of, I don't know. It was trying too hard to be something it wasn't. I would um I would put the third and the fourth Hunger Games movie in that category. Oh, okay. So we have a franchise, it's a money cow, we that gotta finish the to, books. Yeah, and then it just starts to become a thing like a we gotta make another but one. But does that translate to what I'm talking about, like the fine details, or are you just talking about because it became monotonous and not very interesting? And and kind of worse as it went on. <laughs> like um right, but is the that way because... it was made was worse. Oh, you think? Yeah. It just didn't if they, it doesn't feel quite as up to the standard of the first and the second one. It, it tails off like less sti- less um, substance, more style. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a subjective thing, but yeah, true. So, um, <laughs> I was going to go on to the cast here and give you a long list of cast <laughs> members. Um, there this are people. Movie does not have very many people. No, there's people who get killed by a, by the. Um, alligator and then there are our two family members kaya oh you can do you can attempt that one because i can't say her name without killing it 
Scodelliari. Oh. Scodelliari. Scodelliario. No? Scodelario. I apologize, Kaya. Or Kaya? Do you say Kaya? It's probably Kaya. Kaya Sco. Kaya Scodelario. Well, the last part is Delario. Kaya Scodelario. I think I'm right. I don't know. We'll have to call her up. She's a British lady. She plays Haley. It's again one of those, you know, she doesn't play a British person. She's American in this movie. And you would never know she was a British person. No, she does a good job. Even though she's got a very posh British accent when she actually talks in the extras. I thought she was really good. Mm-hmm. I, liked I liked her. There was, there was, and it, just nitpick, but on a couple of occasions, I could tell she was acting to nothing. Yeah, me too. Like she was a looking, little bit. She was looking at a tennis ball on a stick and going <laughs> like that. Yep. It kind of looked like that a little bit. But then I had to think, well, it probably is a tennis ball on a stick. And she's... And that was confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Not tennis ball, but pretty close. <laughs> yeah, a piece of polystyrene <laughs> on the end of a stick. Um, but as far as like the quality of her acting and the way she interacted with her dad and, you know, even at the beginning where she's talking on the phone, yeah, it was it was all like I was in, you know, once the first few minutes are going, I understand her character. It's not super complex. She's been driven by her dad as a youth in, in her youth to be like the best swimmer and Convenient. we get, we don't have to be it doesn't have to be like telegraphed to us with lots and lots of exposition, but we get very quickly that she's not the top swimmer. And that is a problem. And then we it unfolds as that's a problem in their relationship and a problem in her own self. But it's not just like told to you. Someone doesn't sit down and go, well, 10 years ago you were the best swimmer. And now you're not the best swimmer. And this has happened. And this is why you're not the best swimmer. No. It doesn't really work that way. So I like that. And there, I appreciate it. There that. are a couple of flashbacks to her as a kid mm-hmm. swimming. And a dad, you know, kind of egging her, you know, making sure she does well. So it's like that. You know, we've seen that story before. Sure, of course. I'm sure. I mean, it's a big story. And it's convenient that it's about swimming and she's about to be stuck underwater. (laughs) But, you know, horror films, creature films, they're kind of a bunch of conveniences stuck together, aren't they? (laughs) Yes. So that the hero or heroine can win the day using their whatever their skill is at the end. So, but do they win the day in this movie? We didn't give the ending away, did we? Did they all get eaten by alligators? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. It's not the kind of movie where you're really going to care. <laughs> I mean, I care about the characters, but as far as like the end result, I'm I'm good with whatever. Um, Barry Pepper plays a dad. Dave. Dave. What else was he in? Barry Pepper's been in pff, like hundreds of films, hasn't he? Was he in the Quentin Tarantino anything? Uh, hmm. You're a Quentin Tarantino man? I mean, yeah. No, I don't think he was in a Quentin Tarantino, but maybe. Barry Pepper. I'll look him up for you. Okay. Here I am looking Quickly him up. Quickly looking up. Barry right, Perry. I'll give you some Barry things Perry. that you know with Barry Pepper. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Go for it. Um, Nothing? 25th Hour. Okay. Probably not for much of it. I'm Battlefield guessing. Earth. Okay. Oh. The, okay. Here we go. We're coming up to ones now, though. Okay. The Green Mile. Okay, Enemy yep. of the State. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan is what I'm imagining him with a like an army helmet. The Outer Limits TV series, 1996. Oh god! You probably just watched that. What episode? Yeah, probably the heist. The episode. Oh, probably. Um, Sliders on TV. Remember that? Mm, Yes. I was actually yeah, like that one. Sliders. Yeah. Um, He was in other stuff. Flags of Our Fathers, which is another um, war movie. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. He was the voice. Um, but no, not... Okay. But I think you remember him from Private, right? Yeah, Probably. I think that's where I'm seeing his... He's very, very specific face. Yeah. Um, again, he was good. Like, he brought a... I don't know. Like, we don't know who she is. Like, we've never seen that actress before. You haven't, I haven't, right? Not that I'm aware Kaya, of. We've never seen her before. But, like, Barry Pepper, we know his face. We know... Um, again, it's like a, you know, he's in there and he's injured, but he's also got a special set of skills. He's a, um, he's a carpenter and handyman, carpenter yeah. guy. 
So he has his tool belt and, he, you know, and again, another bunch of conveniences to further the plot, but it works in this. Yeah, it's something that's extraordinary. It's not like he's a brain surgeon and we happen to be, you know, he's a construction guy in Florida. She's a swimmer in Florida. There are gators. There are hurricanes. It all, it all fits. One of the things I really uh, admire from this film and would like to know, you know, how they did it was um, the anybody who had a flashlight in this, it was so waterproof, the flashlight. It was unbelievable. Well, that's an emergency one. That is waterproof. We've got one of those, that one that she winds up. Yeah. We've actually got one that looks just like it. I mean, like it has it. to be waterproof because it's for an emergency. So right, and the one he wears, on the, he has like a yeah. head-mounted one that he puts on a stick. That was totally waterproof as Don't well. Don't be questioning this particular detail. <laughs> it seems perfectly reasonable. If I just want to know where they got stuff, them awesome touches. If you're going to question stuff, question the big fucking hole in their basement that leads to some weird-ass It-themed drain pipe. Like, yeah, that true. was right out of it. You know what I'm saying? That was the nest. the nest. That was right, hooked right to their basement with that, a hole big enough to crawl in. I was like, oh, what? Actually, that one what is, is that? The, the most, like, because this movie also plays on, like, being stuck in claustrophobia, being stuck in something. When she's in the um, alligator nest, which was lit, really, like, kind of neon yellow looking. Yeah. And there's a pipe that's the size of a crocodile. Alligator. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying crocodile. There's a, there's a pipe that the alligator comes down. That All is, the alligators are like, fuck these people. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly the same size as an alligator. And when it comes down, this is, you know, there's just that pipe to get in and out. That was terrifying to me because I was like, uh, yeah, when, I when she had to crawl down it, I was like, oh. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, you're right. The alligator nest, it did look like some weird... It was very weird, and maybe that exists, and I am just clueless. So if someone lives in a place where your basement is in an old house, has got a big hole in it, they called it like the overflow drain, and then you could crawl through a big giant pipe into some weird underground thing, like a labyrinth where there are other pipes coming off it, but it's humongous, It's like, and it's so disgusting. Yeah. My so favorite, let me know, because I don't think that exists. My favorite joke in the whole movie was, Dad says, you're going to have to swim along the wall, find the wet wall. And she <laughs> goes, Dad, they're all wet. <laughs> uh, it wasn't that it. funny, but it was cute. Yeah, it was really good. It was it was at the right moment, just as like shit was hitting the fan, and we just needed a bit of humor. So um, that there there are other people in the movie, but they're going to get eaten. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, don't, be, don't be a person in this movie they'll be on the screen for a minute and then they'll be eaten that's just how this movie is yep you know so um this is directed by alexandra Aja. asia Aja. i don't know how i say his name he directed the movie high tension which was awesome i don't even think you've seen it the horror movie i don't think so it's pretty Intense. It's French, I believe. Is he French? I do not know. Um, the, the movie itself subtitled, but it's a cool, gory horror movie. He also directed, which you have seen, the Hills of Eyes remake, mm-hmm. which I I think is underappreciated. I liked it. Like, the Hills of Eyes is a like a legendary horror movie that we all love. And you, I, I don't know if I love it, but it's definitely legendary. It's cool, isn't it? It's, a, it's, uh... it's got that... Like, I watched Texas Chainsaw, you know, the times when I saw it. It's got that feeling, that weird, oh, like, we're lost in the desert, and then there's this weird shit, and you can't get away from it. (laughs) True. Same as Texas Chainsaw. It definitely has that exact thing, yes. But the remake, he kind of put a twist on it. It was different than the original movie, and it was very, like, intense and violent. Like... Very. Actually almost over the top violent where you were like oh my god they're going that far with it so i really i like that one and he also did the movie lewis drax do you remember that we reviewed it yes yeah which is far away from horror but it was an interesting concept right yeah so you know this guy's i think he's pretty good and this movie itself uh, even though it's produced by sam raimi and if sam raimi would have made this movie it would have been full of zooming in and out and weird upside down camera angles and stuff. This guy doesn't really do that. He he films it pretty straight up. Did you notice? Yeah. He doesn't do all the fancy techniques Functional, of the camera. Functional, for sure. 
There's a lot of underwater photography, obviously. It all looks good. There's never a time where I'm like, I don't really, I can't, it's so dark, I can't tell what's going on. Yeah, I thought it looked, some of the water ones were, shots were really good. Because this is in a crawl space, in the dark, mostly, You it could come to that where you're like, oh, I don't, can't tell, it's all muddy. But no, you they did a good job of making sure you saw everything. I think so. Um, so yeah, uh, let me go on to the Blu-ray here. There are some bonus bites, as they call them. There's some deleted scenes, and there's three featurettes, which I did have to watch on iTunes, which was a bit weird. I was going to say, are you not protesting this whole extras? I mean, they're they're extras, but they're not on the disc, which is odd. It's really odd. But what I do, there is that. There are some extras if you want to. There's no commentary. This is the coolest extra. Um, You get three months of Shudder for free. And Sid Talk will uh, explain what Shudder is. It's an online movie service like Netflix, except all horror. And, and you, it has some vari- variations on things you might not have ever heard of or seen. They kind of feature those things. And we um, we use the three months free trial. Well, we haven't used it yet. I mean, we've used it and we've watched. That's how we watched Zombie last Correct. week. Um, but it's full of... In fact, we're going to watch um, The Devil's Rejects this week to get ready for next week's movie, which is the sequel to that. And it happens to be on Shudder. I just thought that was it. Usually when they give you a free code to um, watch a free service like Netflix or whatever, it's usually seven-day trial, isn't it? And then they're going to charge you. So three months seems pretty generous. Um, So I just want to let you know, if you buy this Blu-ray, there is three months of Shudder in the box. And Shudder as in S-H-U-D-D. Yeah, like your Shudder. A Shudder goes down your spine because you're terrified. Um, So yeah, that is a good extra. That's better than the extras there, yeah. But the extras are kind of cool. Like I say, you just have to go to iTunes to see them. But there is interviews with Sam Raimi and the director and the actors. And you get to see how they made this house and gas station and other houses. Very cool. On a soundstage and just flooded the whole thing. Like, it was it was really cool. So, um, conclusion. I, um, I recommend it. It's I good. enjoyed it, yep. It's, it's- a good... It has all the things that all the people that we cringe at say. It's short. It's yeah. simple. It's uncomplicated. There is nothing you will not understand. And it will even have some things you can uncomfortably laugh at because of the ridiculousness or because it makes your skin crawl. Get it? Yeah. Crawl. crawl. It'll make your skin crawl. There are times when I was like, oh. Yeah, there's and then some gross painful stuff. things that you're like. When you kind of reach at your skin and you're like, oh my God, if I had to do that to my own, if I had to tourniquet my almost severed leg, like, fuck, that looks bad. So it does that. And I like that. It's stimulating. Yeah. I thought it was, you know, when it's the evil, original Evil Dead is also a very short, it's like 79 minutes, but it's very good with its time. Like, you know, you at the end, you're like, whoa, that was crazy. It was like an intense ride. Yeah. Uh, and that was just the right length. This is the same. It's like not drawn out. It's some movies I like to be drawn out, but something like this, because it's such a simple idea. This is enough, just enough. I think it ended at exactly the right time. Like, so yeah, it's a short movie. It's full of action. It's very intense. When they say you sit on the edge of your seat, I didn't, I reclined Mm -hmm. and but if I but was, I bet your butt cheeks were clenched at least once. Yep, I was puckering up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that is a crawl. You can get it now. Next week we're looking at the movie Rob Zombie's movie Three from Hell, which is the. Now I'm just putting this out there. I know there are people who find this controversial, but I don't think that Rob Zombie, just because these movies are kind of fucked up, is a great filmmaker. He's creative. He's interesting. He's weird. And he commits, right? But when I saw that remake of whatever, whichever one it was. Halloween. Yeah. It was crap. And I mean crap as in, I don't ever even say that about movies, right? Hardly, mm. ever. Very rarely. It was like I was watching, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. It was terrible. I, I've never seen it. Is it in his style, like kind of grindhousey? Kinda. Like. But also horrible story, horrible Bad performances, and I can accept bad performances in horror movies. Was it his movies. wife? 
yes, she was in it. But I don't dislike her specifically. She is what she is. Like, she's always the same. A little bit like... She's a scream queen. She's like, la, 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 I'm dangerous and beautiful. That's kind of the vibe you get from her always. Or, I'm kick-ass and dangerous and beautiful and la-di-da, and there's a knife in your head. Like, that's kind of her whole... Kind of like the new Harley Quinn, you know? Yeah, very much like that. That vibe. So I don't dislike her, but her in that, combined with the weird story that they came up with, I was just like, whatever. Well, it's been a mixed bag with Rob Zombie. I liked House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, I like that it all of his things make you, like, go, oh, yeah. crap, should I? I mean, I'm an adult. Should I be watching this? I still think The Devil's Rejects. I feel Rejects, like I'm too young to watch this. You know, original <laughs> Devil's Rejects. I still think that's his best one, his hmm. best movie. And then 31 wasn't that good. It wasn't the original, though. It was House of a Thousand Corpses was first. Yeah, I'm saying, but like when he introduced the three... Like, House of a Thousand Corpses kind of set it all up. Yeah. And then they went out on their spree on the second one. Um, so to, to explain to people, the people from the Devil's Rejects is the family from House of a Thousand Corpses. True. And then this is... You know, if you've seen Devil's Rejects, we're going to re-see it because I don't remember all of it. What's the most memorable thing about the Devil's Rejects? <laughs> you remember. I, I don't... It's not really... I mean, the part of the movie I remember isn't because it's memorable in the movie. <laughs> no. It's memorable because when we went to see it... Yes, kids, we used to go out to the theater to see movies. We got to this particular part, and the woman behind us said, Oh, that's enough. And she left. Yeah. It was and one of those walkouts. It was, you know, a guy with a gun and a woman's private parts yep. eluding to... Let's just yeah, be it wasn't clear. even. We're not talking about like no. softcore porn or anything, but this woman, and there were only like, and there baby. was a couple with a baby in there. We yep. were just like, what? The? And then I think that was it. That we were the only ones left after that lady and her man walked out. Yeah, true. <laughs> so this time when we rewatch it, we will we will play back in our minds those events. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, he is mixed bag, Rob Zombie, but. I do think he's good at atmosphere sometimes. Like, Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses has a really effed up atmosphere to it. True. And 31, which was that last one we watched, even though it wasn't great, it definitely had a weird effed upness to it. True. But it was not. It was a little bit like, is that it? It's like trying too hard to play to the people who would sit there and be like, yeah! Fuck yeah! Weirdly, it wasn't... I don't know why I interpret them people like that, but that's... Well, weirdly to me, 31, it wasn't graphic enough. After I'd watched it, I was like, oh, I was expecting that to be really fucked up and gory. And it wasn't (laughs) as much as it let on. I think maybe they hyped it up that way. And I was like, it was kind of mellow, really, when it came down to it. It was not mellow. Not mellow. Do not mislead people. I mean, maybe my taste is like, you know what I mean? I've seen, I've seen stuff. It's far from mellow. <laughs> I've seen Irreversible. Come on. Exactly. Um, so, well, yeah, what's more effed up than Irreversible? Because it's not actually. The rape scene in Irreversible is you live with it for the rest of your life. But as far, and the gore part with the fire extinguisher or whatever yeah. uses. But other than that, if you compare that to other movies, the reason it's so intense is because you're watching it backwards first of all and the weird noises and you are fully convinced once you've seen all the events of the uncontrollable primal rage that was going on and that made it seem even more like oh god it's very unforgettable you've seen it you're not gonna forget what you saw right the whole thing but do other movies have better um actual representations of horror they're just not as horrible like what's happened isn't as horrible right you know he's actually re-releasing irreversible like it's 20th anniversary and it's a new director's cut that is put in chronological order instead of the reverse thing he's he said i was watching an interview with him that it's actually to him now more effective when it's not backwards i, I don't know what he means by that but well, I mean, he wrote it and he did it and he can do what he wants. Maybe he's just seen it a lot in its original form and then when he's remixed it back. Or maybe he decided, I was a real pretentious little weasel back then, <laughs> making my movie backwards like Memento. I don't want my movie to be in conversations where they're like, oh, you know that movie Memento and that other movie that was backwards, Irreversible? And he's like, oh, I'm too good for that. What's cool about Irreversible is it starts 
It's not, there's nothing cool about it. No, what what I thought was really (laughs) cool about it was it starts with this harrowing violence like you've never seen. It's so bad, like. Yeah. And then it, you know, it it starts, gets into the story and then you start to figure out what's going on. And then there's the the most horrendous rape scene you've ever, you know, it's, it's just the way it's filmed makes it. Awful. It's. It, it's just like you shouldn't be there. It's almost it like impacts, you feel like walking yeah. away from it. Like. Yes. And then there's that whole rape scene. And then the movie from the rape scene to until the end is really mellow. There's no, there's it, you've got past. It's like almost like you got past. You're like, chip. oh, my God, yeah, like, that's oh. over. Because because it's played in backwards order, it's fine at the end. But it's, <laughs> it's not all... fine because now you know everything that happened. Yeah, true, but it's horrible. But it start you start to feel like relief. Like, but oh. that's how you would feel if you watched it the other way around. You start with everybody's happy. You don't know what any bad things are coming, and then the bad shit happens. Yeah, and then it ends. As you know, if you watch this new version, the end scene is the most horrendous thing. Like, you know, as in gruesome it's not just a gore it just seems real doesn't it the way Mm -hmm. it all all occurs so that's our um look at irreversible i don't know how we got to that we really went (laughs) off topic (laughs) it's a movie podcast all right so uh, movie recommendations i am going with high tension which i don't think you've seen and you definitely should see maybe it's on netflix and you can watch it this halloween and uh the shallows with Blake Lively, which reminded me of this movie. You could watch Crawl and the Shallows back-to-back uh, double bill. They've got the same vibe. It's just one's a shark and one's a alligator slash crocodile. You know? They've got the the same vibe as well. There's Blake, Le- I mean, Blake Lively, heroin against a shark. This one, this girl against a alligator. Yeah, I don't know if I'd categorize them as the same, but yeah, the same, that... That device, yes. Same vibe, you know. It's set up quickly, it starts to happen, it never stops until the end. Like, it's, you know, there's no stop to talk or any... Well, in the shallows, there's no stop to talk because there's nobody for her to talk to. <laughs> she talks to herself sometimes. So, um, yeah, they're my recommendations. Yours are? Mine will be the movies I watched this week, and I'm not recommending them because they're good. I'm just saying I watched them. And they are... Okay, first, The Perfection, which I don't remember what year it came from. It's not very old. And it's just one of those sort of like uh, single white female, you know, some crazy shit going down. Somebody's jealous. Somebody wants to take over someone's identity. But there's a little extra something on top of that. The ultimate plot and the reasons for it, the motivation of the characters, my reaction was a little bit like, oh, it's that... I mean, it's awful and everything, but okay. So The Perfection is one, and the other one was Emily, E-M-E-L-I-E. Is that the one with Audrey Tateau, when she's like a French girl? No. And it's real sweet. That's Amelie. That starts with an A. This <laughs> oh, is okay. um, I knew, that's why I'm trying not to confuse people. It's not Amelie. <laughs> it's Emily, but not spelled like Emily. And it is, you know, uh, babysitters hired to come take care of the kids of this couple who are having some possible marital issues. And, of course, the babysitter turns out to not be what you think. And it's quite well made. And there are moments in it. I told you, I'll just give you one hint. Uh, The babysitter, because she's really messed up in her mind, sitting on the toilet, about a 10-year-old boy is in the house that she's babysitting for. And the door is barely open. He's hollering for her. And then he's... She, he creaks the door open and she's just sitting on the toilet like she's going to the toilet. Now, first of all, you wouldn't want your babysitter having your 10-year-old son seeing her on the toilet. Maybe in some families that's fine. But not when it's a stranger slash babysitter that he doesn't know. Then she says, I need a tampon. And then she's like, go on. They're over there. Get me one. Open it. And then I was like, oh my God, please don't. <laughs> Like, please not let this be an instructional weird thing. But even that was weird. So that made me all edgy and shit. So I kind of liked that. Nice. So, sounds great. I mean, it's not great, <clears throat> but it's a, it's an interesting one. All right. All right. Um, Ace Cully stuff. I've been playing. Oh, I played some of Fortnite this week. You sound so excited. In the past, you've been like, oh, Fortnite. Never, yeah. And also a friend of mine was also playing Fortnite who's never played it before. Um. So it worked, their marketing thing. Yep. So Fortnite's a, like one of the most popular games in the world, actually. It's a free-to-play game from Epic 
um, the Unreal people. And uh, it's been going for years. But, like, in, over the last week, they surprise. They did a surprise. All the people who were playing it didn't know this was coming. But one day, they were all playing. Stuff started to happen in the map. And uh, all of a sudden, the map exploded or imploded. And all that was left was a black hole. And then everything went dark. And it just said, exit game. And that was... You know, people flocked to the social media like, what the hell's happened to Fortnite? Like, we can't play. And for a whole 24 hours, it was offline. And then they came back online with a, with Fortnite. But it's not Fortnite 2. It's like they're calling it Fortnite Season 2, Chapter 1. So it's like, forget about the Fortnite you've been playing for the last couple of years. We've reset it all back to zero. There's a... Brand new map. The graphics have been improved. The whole gameplay has been improved. They've added loads of new stuff to do. Fishing and there's all kinds of different things you can do within the game. They've added like a new leveling up system. And it's the... I've played the old game and I said to you, I don't really like Fortnite. And I just I just thought, I don't like Fortnite. But this new version of the game is completely different. So if you've played it before... And you've decided you decided then, oh, I'm not really into this, and uninstalled it. You might want to give it another look because it's the biggest change I've ever seen to a game. It's not just like a patch or like we've improved a thing. It's like we went back to the drawing board and made it better. Which you don't really see happen, do you, in games? And I knew that it wasn't the end of Fortnite because they make billions of dollars off it, right? So Right, it, so they had to find a trick and a way to get people like you who are like, eh, to be like, oh, I'm going to tell other people. It's better now. It is, though. So, like, you're so, a bunch of sheep. Also, it's free to play. <laughs> um, the The way they monetize the game is it's completely free to play, but if you want cosmetics for your character, you buy those in the store. You don't need them because they don't give you any advantage. It's just, you know, I know you know when you play a game, you want your avatar to look. Yeah. A particular way. You don't just want the default avatar. But if you do want the default avatar, you never have to pay. But you'll, if you play it enough, you'll probably end up spending a few cents, you know, to get an outfit for your character. There's also a something that they call the Battle Pass, which is $10. And what that does is every level you get, because you own the Battle Pass, you get extra items for your character. So for the $10... You, you, you're unlocking all this stuff. Now, if you don't pay, they make it quite clear that you could be unlocking all this stuff, but you're not. You're not because you're not paying. So you unlock all this stuff. Now, I thought, well, that's just a way to get ten dollars off you every three months. But what I didn't know, and I learned this, and I bet a lot of people don't know this either, is if you buy the battle pass. And you work your way through it, meaning you play like every day and you unlock a couple of levels each day like most people would. You unlock the money, they're called V-Bucks, that you buy battle passes with. You unlock some of that money every three or four levels. And by the end of the battle pass, which lasts, it's a hundred levels. If you get to the hundredth level, you will have unlocked 1,200 V-Bucks into your account which, when the next Battle Pass comes out, it costs a 1,000 V-Bucks. So you buy it once, and if you are an actual player of the game, you play it a lot, you won't ever have to buy that again. So I was unaware of that. Um, So it's a good point. You know, it's not like they're trying... They just want you to play, basically. No, they want your money. Do not be naive. They they have a way... Well, I know they want your money. All right, that's all they want. They don't care if you're happy in your life. They just think, how how many more people can we get to play this game? And so now they have a new way and new people who go, oh, I'll try. I appreciate the uh, apparently Call of Duty this year is going to have this battle pass method as well because they've realized there are the kind of people who don't want to pay anything extra and there are a kind who will. And the battle pass system where it's only cosmetics, it's not like you can do better by paying works for people because people who some people will some people won't but both right sides. so that's a way to get everyone's money that's all i'm saying right it's not like okay pat them on the back they're great human beings well no no 
But Call of Duty is also a power. Well, they might be great human beings, but this mechanism to get your money and get your interest and get you playing their game, it's not like, oh, these guys are, these are this is great. Anyway, the, the long and the short of it is, I, I think it's really fun. It's good. It's the kind of game that you can just drop in, have a couple of games, drop out, you know? It it's, doesn't sound to me like that's how most people play it. No, I think some people are obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can see why they would be, but for me, those kind of games, like shooter games like that, even Call of Duty, after an hour and a half, I'm ready to do another thing. Do you know what I'm saying? But I always look forward to doing it each day. It's like that kind of, oh, here's, I can have a game of that. Uh, another game I've been playing this week is John Wick Hex. And this, um, if they were going to make a video game of John Wick, um, Sid Talk, mm-hmm. what do you think it would be, the game? What kind, no of game? what kind of game? I know what game it should be. What? Like something that, like uh, the way it looks should be as good as some of those, even like Fortnite or some of the others you play that are look good. Yeah. Everything looks semi-realistic, everything's smooth, and then the story should just be a John Wick story. Right, and what kind of gameplay would you be doing as John Wick? That's what I just said. The no. ones that you play where you run around and shoot people and solve right. puzzles. All right, and like, so it, there's a story. Yep. That, that'd that be really cool, wouldn't it? I love that. <laughs> like, shooting. Like, you know Max Payne? Do you remember that game? Of course. Like that. That'd be a good John Wick game. Yeah? Yeah, it's not that. <laughs> it, it's a turn-based. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. I'm already out. I'm this, out. This is the official John Wick game by Lionsgate also. It's not like some indie game. Okay. It's turn-based. You like move around a like a board. The level is like a the level's like you know, it's isometric. You're looking at it from above, and there's John Wick down there. And there are little like movement spots that he can go on. And you've got turns. You can only move a couple of spots each turn and you can shoot your gun once and you can I'm do- already bored. I'm out. It's that <laughs> turn based combat. And it's like a chess it's almost like chess or a puzzle. And it is the furthest thing I could think of from what a John Wick game should be. Even though it's kind of interesting. It's just like, you know, they even got the actual voices of everybody from the cast. But the game itself is like, this isn't a John Wick game. John Wick, like, shoots everybody and stabs them. And we've just seen the movie. Like, it's crazy, isn't it? It's action from the start to finish. It's not like waiting for a turn because he can't. Because he can only walk one spot forward. <laughs> it's just weird. Anyway, it's John Wick Hex. If you're into like strategy games, where you move a little... I am not. Where you move a little John Wick one piece, <laughs> one step at a time. And then, you know, what's the funniest thing about the John Wick strategy game is, you know, like I said, you can move one square at a time. And you, you can move a square and like shoot a baddie and then move a square and then a baddie shoots back. And it's not real time, it's turns like a board game. After you've finished the level, it replays the level, like does an action replay so you can watch it happen. And it happens like in this stilted, like he walks and then he stops and then he walks and it looks like John Wick's like having a seizure or something. There's something wrong with him. Oh my goodness. It's like like the worst action sequence you've ever seen, a turn-based action sequence. And on top of all that, it's not to say it's a bad game, it's a good game for the type of game it is. It's just I don't think John Wick should be that type of game. Yeah, sounds weird. Anyway, what's for dinner? Impossible Whopper. Whopper! Impossible Whopper. It's impossible to get an impossible it's Whopper. It's literally impossible. I have to drive a whole freaking hour to get you this burger. It takes me 10 to 15 minutes to get over there, and usually 10 to 15. It took 25 minutes once to wait on them. It was a lot quicker the last one you the got. The last one was, and then the same to get back. So 45 to 50 minutes just to get you a burger. So I hope you really, now, really enjoy you it. You also have this burger. I do, but I can't taste anything. So to me, it's just like... It's I could have a morning star burger on a bun in my house, but I'm willing. To it's do an it. amazing burger, the impossible <laughs> whopper. I'm not sponsored by them. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> and what's your advice and then we'll get out of it? My advice is um 
you know, a lot of bad things happen in life. A lot of bad things. We all know this. Um, recently I had a young cousin shot and murdered by a family, like a friend, his friend and their family's friends with our family. And I'm friends with his aunt who I went to school with so many years ago. It's a small town, you know, terrible, terrible. The people involved, like the mother of the, um, person who died, you know, she's struggling, but then I've noticed in her, I'm friends with her on Facebook too. And, you know, for a few days, it was all pretty much pictures of him and just inspirational things and coping things, you know, as people do. And then, because she's hilarious, she finds the funniest memes, I'm telling you. Like, I laugh out loud at some of the shit she finds. She started posting those again. And I thought, I bet there are people who are going to be like, oh, well, she thinks something's awful funny. You know, like, her son has died. Um, Her granddaughter died a few years ago as my young cousin, who was nine, in a car wreck. Her stepdaughter has brain damage. Her husband, my Uncle Jerry, has brain cancer that's gone to his brain. It's like a life of tragedy upon tragedy. And yet this woman will find humor and be funny. And I think that sometimes, yes, it's fine to feel like shit when something bad and terrible is happening. Even if it's in your little bubble your little thing, like me not being able to taste or smell anything. To me, it's a big deal. It's been a big deal all year. It's very difficult to cope with. It's like a different experience. It's sort of like sad and depressing. And yet it's like, mm. and so it's okay to feel bad about that for about five minutes. <laughs> and then it's okay to feel good again. Like for her to feel good again, or, you know, in the moments when she's feeling better, to be able to do that, and feel bad then the next minute and be completely traumatized by it all and then find a way to dig out of that hole for a little bit. Both of those are fine. We don't all need to be ultra miserable all the time because some bad things are happening somewhere in the world and to us. And we don't all have to pretend everything's fine even when we think things are, you know, we have to like cover them up. It's okay to feel genuinely happy when there is misery in the world and even in your own life. Because I think... You know, I've had friends, many friends in the last couple of years who've had cancer. Now, in the moments when they're dealing with that and they're suffering with that and they're feeling really depressed and worried and going through treatments and surgeries and whatnot. And if I say they're thinking about them and I'm watching a movie and I'm having a good time and I'm like, oh, yeah, but right now my friend is getting ready to go for a mastectomy. But in that moment, would she want me to sit there and be like, oh, that's so terrible. Or would she be like, if I could choose anything to do right now, I would be watching a movie, having a good time and feeling good again. So, you know, it's a, I find people wanting to remain super miserable or they don't know what's appropriate. Should I be happy again? How long does it take before I can make jokes or talk about my own petty problems compared to the problem that my friend just had. You know, that's a tricky one. Like, when do I start complaining about like, oh, my ankles are swollen, you know, because I'm fat and I'm old. Or do I just keep that to myself because it's so small in comparison? But I try to go back to what if it was five minutes before the terrible news or the terrible thing happened, what would what would you say or do or how would you interact and try to go back to that place if it's appropriate and just do that. Because a lot of people, when they're miserable and having a terrible time, they just want things to be normal again. And sometimes when people are feeling really good and happy about other things in life, that can help them, I think. All right. How's that? What did I I miss out of this podcast? Oh. Are you going to go backwards and do it? Yes. Okay. Well, it's the one-star reviews. Yeah. I explain what they are. One-star reviews. From Amazon. Nope. Oh, IMDb. Correct. <laughs> um, people who didn't like this movie, unlike us who did like it. So let's listen to the unwashed masses. Here's how hypocritical we are. If we disagree with the person, we think they're idiots. If we agree with them, we say, well, that's, genius. that's correct. <laughs> All right. This guy says, one out of ten, dumb. Yeah. Everything in this movie is dumb. I don't understand people who rate this movie more than three stars. Stupid daughter, stupid father, stupid everything. Feels like I watched a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I can argue with that. They weren't stupid, but... This guy says, one out of ten, 
Waste of money. The 1950 creature from the Black Lagoon was more believable. Hmm, I disagree with that. I've seen that movie. That's not accurate. Yeah. This guy says, Waste of time and money. If it was a comedy movie, I would have rated it higher. It was neither scientific nor rational. Scientific? This guy says... Is that a requirement of all movies nowadays to be super accurate? This guy says, Sorry, but this movie was so shit. It had it that... Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'm reading this exactly as it's wrote. Okay. But this movie was so shit that I couldn't even watch it. And that says a lot. It was there was so loads, of, there was loads of pauses in between those letters, <laughs> like spaces. One, th- one could think it was a bunch of school kids that had writ the plot and then try to shoot. The once in charge should be ashamed. This other guy says, I'll give this one star for Barry Pepper. He's the only good thing in this movie. He's all right. This one says, What can I say? I went to a secret screening of this and left after half an hour. I don't even want to see how it plays out. That's fair. Then don't watch it. Why would you make a review like that? What are you you saying? This one's possibly the best review because I I have no idea what this means. One out of ten. Garbage. The Crocodile Dandy has more realistic crocs than this movie. <laughs> the what? Crocodile Dandy. Yeah. All right. The Crocodile Dandy has more realistic crocs than this movie. Oh, you're making fun of how they're spelling. No, the whole it. thing. I don't even know what the Crocodile Dandy is. Crocodile Dandy. Oh, he says Dandy. D A N. I know, but you could have figured that. No, out. I didn't actually figure okay. that. Okay. I'm worse than him. You at- are. I'm really embarrassed right now. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you. The Crocodile Dandy. Maybe he's saying it with an accent. <laughs> or, and spelling it with an accent. <laughs> um, and finally, ridiculous. No factual to this movie. No human being would even believe this. The movie is a total waste of time. I'm Florida born and raised and I'm still in the area. This movie should make everybody sick to their stomach. Shame on whoever forever having anything to do with this junk to whoever forever <laughs> yeah i think that, i think he was writing a love poem is that a little poetic yeah um yeah so that's that so that's the end of the show and uh you can catch us on social media you can catch us on this podcast everywhere that podcasts are sold or not sold but not spotify are any podcasts sold i wouldn't imagine that they were but no You You can catch this for free anywhere that podcasts are given away for free. (laughs) You can also catch Sid Talk on Instagram, me on Instagram, email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyacom.email Sid Talk. She doesn't want any of your shit. (laughs) I mean, that's accurate, but you can email if you want. I don't know what will come of it. And stay classy, Mr. Crocodile Dandy. (laughs) I'm going to say think for yourselves or someone will do it for you. 